This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. It is the Chacon that has drawn me back. Four months into having quit for good, I'd started needing to play it. The piece is entirely solo and breathtakingly difficult. At any given point, wherever you are in your journey, the Chacon represents the pinnacle of who you are and what you can do as a violinist. But you can always do better, right? In that way, you never are completely ready. You can practice it, but not perfect it. Start it, but never finish it. Still, if I was going to quit, I didn't want to end without at least having learned it. In the middle of the chaconne, there is a pause that lasts for less than the space of a breath, and yet, somehow, for an eternity. The roiling purple darkness of D minor dissipates, and out of the silence begins a single D major chord, barely a touch to the strings, a breath of bright wind. The variations that it sets in motion play upon the same theme as before, but the surrounding harmonies that fill in its shape are in D major. If D minor is darkness, then D major is light. It shares the minor's grandeur, but not its sadness. It is radiant, ebullient, sparkling, full of life. The section is one long crescendo toward ecstasy, full of open strings, where you don't put any fingers down and just bow, letting the strings ring out in their full and elemental clarity. Violinistically, it's a delight to play. The open strings set your entire violin trembling, so that you can feel the wood itself ringing against your neck and shoulder as you bow. When I was learning the Chaconne at Meadowmount, this was the one part that didn't seem so hard, that made sense, that felt free. I can feel it now, remembering. That quickening overtakes you. You and your violin are one, intensely and ecstatically present. Bach adds another iterated element, a trinity of repeated notes, either A or D, that sound like the striking of a bell. They create a kind of ellipse between the end of each phrase and the beginning of the next, linking and extending them into one continuous moment. They are alpha and omega, beginning and end, and their persistent chiming announces over and over again the present moment. To play them, you have to traverse the open strings of the violin from high to low, sounding the depths of the instrument and the moment. The repeated notes begin small and sweet and then increase in their resonance and warmth until the notes are ringing out with a joy that defies all containment, a bright effusion, a shout from the mountaintops. You can't help but feel some sacred presence there in the midst of grief. The music continues building and rising until it can no longer contain itself and you feel the light that is spilling forth the joy of being delivered from yourself. With each iteration, the feeling grows stronger, the conviction deeper, the present moment freer of the past. I'd forgotten the beauty of the D major section, the way everything sounds present, everything feels alive. It's the one moment of respite from memory in the entire piece, the way you can be taken out of grief, even momentarily, by something beautiful. The sight of a green hill after rain the blue light from a stained glass window, the voice of a violin. Maybe this is where I can start, how I can find my way back in, not by going back to the beginning to beat my head against the familiar discouragement and despair, 
but to the hope for some kind of grace as I cycle back in the perpetual chacon of memory, a negotiation and reconciliation leading to some moments when just playing itself will be enough. And so I find the knot of the D major chord with my left hand, place my bow on the strings, and feel forward for the notes to come.